This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city. Summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it. Summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Welcome back to Earth, folks. We hope you enjoyed your eight and a half minutes in orbit. Technology lets you vacation in space. But to get work done on Earth, you need more than technology. You need CDW to design and manage a Cisco hybrid work solution that delivers the same secure network experience to all your satellite offices. And with consistent connectivity that empowers your team, they can collaborate from any space. And no, you can't keep the helmet. Cisco makes hybrid work possible. CDW makes it powerful. Learn more at cdw.com slash cisco. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and in this episode, we'll be looking back at the 1-0 loss for Fulham against Derby County at Pride Park in the first leg of the semifinal playoffs between these two teams. Later on, we will preview the second leg, which will be at Craven Cottage Monday night. We have much to discuss before I do anything. I have to welcome my co-host to the show first, Mr. Janaeus. How are you doing this morning? Hello! I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm 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 good because unlike um, 15 other teams, we're still in the playoffs, and uh, <laughs> it's half time, and we've got 90, we're goal down, and we've got 90 minutes to go, and let's go out and knock them for six on uh, Monday and shut them up. Okay, very good there, my friend, Mr. Cohen. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Russ. You know, I've just kind of realized I'm embracing this aura of don't panic. There's no need to panic. There's still 90 minutes at least still to play in this season, and we're going to play Darby at home. And the fact of the matter is, if you can't beat Darby at home, then we don't deserve to be in the playoff final. Totally so, agree. Absolutely. Let's see how it happens. Let's see how this all plays out. But if they can't beat Darby County at home, they don't deserve it. So that's a very good point by you, Max. And on the line with us also is my friend, Indy Buckley-Taylor, who is a Darby County supporter. So he's on 
to give us the Derby County perspective. So this show is going to be a little bit different. We're going to get both perspectives on this match. Andy, welcome back to College Talk. Thank you for joining us. Hello there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad to be here. And uh, uh, I'm in a pretty good mood as well because, uh, <laughs> like, like you say, uh, the tie's not over yet. And and if we if we can't uh, hold on to a lead away, we don't deserve to be in the final. Exactly. Good point. And Andy, I'm going to start with you. Something that you and I talked about before was that uh, if this match wasn't, say, a three-goal lead by either team, it was all to play for at Craven College, and that's what we have right now. So I want to get your perspective on the victory for your team, giving you this 1-0 lead going into the second leg. Just You were there with your son, so just give me your opening thoughts on what you saw. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with what happened last night because I think, like, uh, we both agreed before the game kicked off that it wasn't going to be a blowout. It was going to be a tight game, won by a margin of about one goal. And, and, and that's what happened. Um, we, we played a, a little deeper than I thought we would, but um, it was effective. Um, we were patient. We uh, soaked up the uh, we soaked up the pressure. Um, I think we did a pretty uh, good job on um, stopping your threat down the two wings. Yep. And when, and when the opportunity arose, uh, we scored the goal. And, and you, you can't really ask for any anything more than that. I mean, you you hadn't been well. You'd, you'd lost once since 16th of December. Um, but that's the first time since then that you've uh, not scored. So I think that in, in itself is an achievement. And uh, I think I think this game's nicely poised uh, going into the second leg at Craven Cottage. Okay, very good there, Andy. And I'm going to go right back to you before I go back to the guys. And uh, I actually listened to an interesting interview with Gary Rowett after the match, and he basically was talking about, I'm paraphrasing a little bit because I don't have the direct quotes, but he was saying how he was looking at this like other European matches where you just counter a team and uh, how it can work. And that's what your team did against Fulham. And and I want to ask you, because obviously you watch all these matches, have you seen Derby County play like that before at home? Uh, Not, yes, the, the, the general style of it, yes, I have. But uh, I think um, last night we was under more pressure than um, we have been in in, in other games, and the, the difference being that uh, we uh, we were better organised in coping with the pressure. Um, I've seen that, but I've also seen, you know, the other side of the coin. I've seen games where we've gone for it from right. from the start. I, th- I think it's all about identifying the best way in in which to uh, play your opponents. And uh, I think Gary Rowett decided that this was the best battle plan, stuck to the task. and it worked. And, uh, yeah, well, for half of the tie, it's worked. So it uh, be interesting to see um, what happens on Monday night. Yes, and we'll be talking about that at the end of the show. Will Gary Rowett come out with the same game plan? I would think that he might, but who knows? Uh, because 
it can be a, a tactical situation where maybe he changes it. But it did work at uh, Pride Park, and we'll see what he does at Craven Cottage. All right, guys, over to you just to get your opening thoughts. Max, I'll start with you. Your opening thoughts on the match last night for us. Yeah, I think full credit has to go to the Derby County defense because totally I've, not, agree. I've not seen a team neutralize they did a great job. Mitch like that all, all season. That Curtis the, Davis did an excellent job. Every, exactly. And it seemed that a constant you know, game plan that we had, which I really hadn't seen as much reliance on Mitch Rich in past matches, was almost every single attack went right to his feet with his back to goal. And there's always Curtis Davis right on his back. And as soon as he took a touch, Tom Huddleston would sweep in and seal the ball. Almost, you know, 75% of the time. And that really frustrated us because it's, for whatever reason, we were very ineffective on the wings as well. So when we were really camped outside the penalty area for most of that second half, when he kind of started attacking and putting them under the cosh, it was a lot of possession. It was a lot of attacking possession, but we couldn't really get that cutting edge. And that's my big takeaway from this match is that we do need that shift in mentality, a bit more direct side of play at the cottage because we really, I think we could have played, you know, two, another two matches just like that last night and we wouldn't have broken them down uh, given our game plan. So they did, they did yeah. an excellent job, Max. There's no question about that. And we'll talk about potential strategy for the second leg. And it's something that I'm thinking about. And we'll definitely get into that later on the show. I'm glad that you brought that up because it, they were extremely difficult to break down. Full credit to Gary Rowett and Darby County because they had a very good game plan. They stuck to it and it worked. Giannis, over to you. Your opening thoughts on the match. Um. <clears throat> Well, uh, Gary Rowett obviously had the the game plan going, and and um, he set he set his lads up very very well. I mean, twenty six percent possession and three shots in front of their home fans, but disciplined. Um, you know, I, I didn't have many complaints about when they scored the goal. Cameron Jerome's a da- dangerous player. It was a great goal, a lovely, by the way. Lovely goal for us. Lovely goal, but. The game, this game is all about inches. K-Max crack against a crossbar. A few inches lower. That's in the back Barely of the wide. I mean, we can go on yeah. and on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's... Um, I always felt that last night was going to be Derby County's cup final anyway. They're going to have a full house. Um, they're going to be rabid. They were. And uh, Derby, I thought, defensively did very, very well. Although second half, uh, Rowett did say, you know, he was bit of a concern about them settling a little bit deeper into their own half in the second half, and they, and they certainly did. You did say that. Mon- Whether you brought that up, Giannis, go ahead. Yeah, they did. But but then having said that, Monday night they're at the cottage. You know, it's, it's going to be a, a different game. It's a different kind of pitch. Um, the Fulham fans are going to be noisy. I know Derby will bring their following down. Um, but uh, it's one goal, goal. That's all. It's one goal. One goal in 90 minutes. And uh, I know. It's close, man. Well. This is close. This is close. I just think that um, we've got enough firepower. Um, I know there are going to be questions about what's going to happen with the start of the lineup, but um, a lot of our fans have been jumping off cliffs, and I really just, just, it's just, just nonsense, absolute nonsense. So I, I think um, you know Derby may play a similar, you know, formation, lineup, game plan. I'm expecting a couple of adjustments. I'm expecting us to create more chances at home. Um, test Carson out a little bit more. He's a very good goalie, though. But test him out a little bit more. Try and stretch their back four. And um, and I, I'm 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 confident we're going to come through this on Monday night. Okay, very good there, Giannis. And Indy, back over to you. 
and this goes back to listening to Gary Rowett. And uh, listen, he should be proud of his team, and I, I heard some of the players as well. They should be proud after this because they had this plan. It worked, and they have the lead going into the second leg. But maybe I'm reading too much into this, but when I was listening to Rowett, I could tell that he's a little disappointed that they did not get a second goal, that they had these opportunities to counter. It just didn't come off. Do you feel like that? Um, I'm a little disappointed when, you know, when you were on the sack and we took the ball off you. And when we countered the sack, um, we, had, we had two or three good opportunities. Um, where we had the speed. We was moving with the ball into your half. But that final ball was letting us down. And if it had been better, you know, we, we, we would have had a few more attempts on goal. And uh, the passes, uh, were, they weren't quite in sync. Uh, and that cost us. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see that he, he maybe was a little bit disappointed because we didn't utilise that counter-attack to the best, uh, best effect, and uh, if if we were going on Monday night with a two-goal lead, you know it, it puts uh, more pressure on yourself. It but, does, and I think that's where that was coming from, Andy. That was kind of where I was going on. That I think that he saw the opportunity to expand that lead. Yeah, I mean the opportunity was there. There were several counter attacks, and especially. Uh, as you got into the second, later on in the second half, because you were pushing men further and further up, Bettinelli was like midway, well, he, he was stood outside his 18-yard box. And um, there was chances there where we'd been a little bit more quick with it. And if the, the, the passing had been a little bit better, where we, we could have put him under pressure because as um, a goalkeeper... Um, that's been stood outside his box, then running back and retreating. Um, you can soon lose your bearings when you come under pressure, when, you, when right. you, you've had to move back quickly. And I, I don't think that um, we uh, made the most of that. And, uh, you, you know, that, that's, that's one uh, negative from Friday night. That at right. the end of the day, all the so-called um, experts, pundits, whatever, were tipping us, tipping us to lose easily. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, I'm happy to still be in the tie, and it's still anybody's game. And uh, that's what that's that's what the playoffs are all about. Right. You know, um, it's ignore the league table. The league table counts for nothing, and the better teams don't always win in them. So there you go. <laughs> well. You go into the uh, second leg ahead, and, and that's always a goal. And uh, so, so uh, like I said, that's uh, to your advantage, and we'll see how it plays out at Craven Cottage. And uh, my thoughts on this is when I was looking at it, and I've watched it now back again because I have ESPN+, Plus, so I watched the entire match. And I see where Rowan and you, Andy, are coming from with your missed opportunities to expand the lead. I also look at Fulham and think, wow, uh, after that, first half, uh, Fulham dominated the play in the second half, and uh, as Yana said, inches away from scoring a goal on, on several occasions, and uh, it just wasn't falling for us, and that happens, but they were 
playing fairly well, but they were not able to get that goal. It could have easily been 1-1, but it did not go our way. And now we go ahead into the second leg. But I think that uh, if I look at the overall performance, the second half certainly was was pretty good for Fulham Football Club and gives me confidence going into the second leg. And But, I mean, full credit to Derby County. They got the goal. They were more clinical. They deserve the lead. That's the way I look at it. All right, guys, let's quickly just look at our both of our starting 11s and 18 and get our thoughts. Andy, I'll start with you just quickly. Your thoughts on the uh, starting 11 for Derby County? Well, the actual lineup, I saw it, and I thought that he'd reverted to 4-2-3-1, but he didn't. No. He played 3-1-4-2, and looking at... That that particular lineup could play either, and I messaged you and told you if needed be, they could all that lineup could also play in a four three three, and uh, I think um, it was a it was quite a smart choice for the game because it had the versatility about it uh, to change formation if and when the uh, time needed be, and 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 in, into the latter stages of the game. It looked to me like we did revert to four two three one, and um, you know, uh, I know Ikechianya came on, but Ikechianya um, he plays in a defensive role when he plays for Scotland, and uh, that that certainly looked like a, a proper back four to me in the later stages of the game. Uh, I think he selected very very well. Okay, uh, I don't, I don't, I think there will be a slight tweak to it come Monday. But um, I, can't, I can't really fault the, the way he selected the team. Uh, what was a, a bit of an eye-opener to me was Andreas Byman playing at wing-back. But because he, he, he's more of a pacey attacking player. How, however, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't do a, a bad job up against uh, Frederick. And uh, full credit to him for that. He, yep. he certainly did better than I thought he would. Okay, very good there, Andy. Giannis, over to you. Your thoughts on the starting 11? Well, for our starting 11, I, I, I groaned. Um, okay. And, I, mean, it's on, it's I know only, why. It's Go only, ahead. Oh, it's only one change. I, I mean, Floyd Aite. I mean, really. I, mean, I, I said to you in the pre-ga- pre-game that I felt that as disappointing as we were against Birmingham City, just, you know, stick to the line of us that's taken you there in the first place, which would, make, would have meant that Piazon's going to start. AET uh, stuck out there. You know my thoughts on AET. Um, he might as well play for Torquay United. Um, and the irony is he got taken off and Piazon played well when he came on. Yep. Uh, Derby County, their lineup was pretty much what I expected. Uh, and, um, you know, they've, they've got some very good players and um, they're strong in all areas of the game. And uh, you knew this was going to be a tough battle. But as I said, for my thing, I mean, I was I was talking to somebody on Twitter about the the Piazon versus Aita debate. You know, one argument could be, well, if it's only one player, it shouldn't make much, that much of a difference. But if the players are two legged donkey, you've really got ten men. And and I I mean, you've got Naskins Cabana, you've got you know Boo Boo sitting on the bench. Yep. Um, Rui Font's not made the bench, and you, you Piazon's obviously on the bench. And yet you've still, you picked Aite. I've never understood my uh, Slava's compulsion with him. He sees something that most of us, I think, don't. But 
you know, apart from that groan, I, I didn't have any problems with the stamina alignment. Okay. Over to you, Max. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, mean, I, I just do think it's a bit harsh on Floyd. I think, if I'm going to be honest, I think he was our brightest attacking uh, outlet in that first half. And let's not forget, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, he came very close with that volley chance in the second half. He did. Which, in my opinion, was great movement and a very difficult technique to get down. Uh, perhaps he should have scored, but I thought he was I thought he was bright. Well, that was my thought. He should have yeah. scored there, Max. Though. Yeah, it, it's true, but I think that, I'll be honest, I don't think Chiazon would have gotten into that position to run behind the back line. Um, and I, listen, I don't have a problem with either player. I think Aite okay. and Piazon are two very good options, but I, I really don't think Aite was a massive uh, disappointment in this match. In fact, I thought he had some really nice pieces of skill in, in the first half and the second half that he had some shots. He showed a bit more directness. Um, and when Piazon came on, I didn't see that much of a change in, in, in the way we played, honestly. I, I just don't think um, that was a worse decision all by Slavisa. I actually would agree with Giannis in, in the sense that I think Kamara might have been a better choice to throw on as a substitution or maybe start than Piazon or Aite. Just That's what I think, actually. He, he, he provides the best directness um, and power of those three. But apart from that, I think I was, I was pleased with the starting 11. And I, I don't think Piazza is going to be you know, too hard done by. I don't think he's going to have his head go down. I think he's a tough player. Um, and I don't really think it disrupted the team that much just to make the one switch. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's get into the first half. I'll get your overall view in just a second. I'm just going to read through some key moments, and then I'll get one of you to uh, talk about the goal. And uh, Fulham came out strong in, in the uh, opening stages of this match. Let's give our side a little credit here. I thought they played fairly well to begin the match. They actually had an opportunity in the 26-minute header from Maite, which went, unfortunately, very wide. And now let's go to the goal, unfortunately, for us, for uh, Derby County in the 34th minute. And, uh, Andy, I'll give you the honors to talk about the goal. This is, a, again, a, a great setup from Craig Forsyth. Sets up Cameron Jerome. He goes over Matt Target, and he puts in the back of the net. Let's talk about the goal for your team here. Yeah, well, like you say, I mean, Forsyth took perfect ball. Um, he, he played his team. It had the slight curve on it. And the, the thing is, if, if you can get the ball, you know, if it beats, if it's a good enough ball where it beats everyone to the back post, you get Cameron Jerome up against Matt Target, and obviously Jerome has got the highest advantage. And those are the kind of balls that Jerome will win. He'll win them all day long. And... Um, you see, the main reason I think we signed Cameron and Jerome was the injury to Sam Winnell, who was a certain had certain qualities similar to Jerome, where um, he's very dominant in the air. And uh, as, soon, as soon as that ball got across towards Cameron and Jerome, um, the port, well, I sat there, I knew that Jerome would get to the ball first. It was just... Uh, a question of whether he's going to head it uh, into the goal or it's going to be a missed opportunity that goes over. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it was a good goal and uh, it's one that I could watch over and over again because of, of how the, the ball, I think it was Tom Buddleston that uh, played the initial ball out to um, Craig Forsyth on the left. Um, I haven't had the... Uh, 
the facility to re-watch the whole of the game. And uh, Forsyth, he took his time and he, he played, he, he picked the uh, picked the pass that he was going to play in there. And uh, yeah, 1-0, good goal. And uh, yeah, it, it had me jumping out of my seat, put it that way. Okay, very good there, my friend. All right. Uh, a little bit later on, you have the opportunity from um, Alexander Mitrovic from the 38th minute shot that was uh, saved by Carson in the first half, 38th minute, as I just mentioned. And uh, the teams go into the half with Derby County having the advantage 1 0. And uh, guys, I just want to get your overall view on the first half. Giannis, I'll start with you. They were the better side. Um, I thought we got off to a decent start, first five, 10 minutes, and then they really grew into the game. And you could see they were getting more, they were gaining more self belief that their plan was working. And it was a cracking goal by Jerome. It was a brilliant, brilliant cross by Forsyth. It really was. I mean, um, we were unlucky enough to have Matt Target uh, marking him, and he's got no chance against Jerome, just none. Um, and then by half time, you're thinking, okay, we're a goal down. But, you know, the, the big thing for us was going to be if we didn't if we didn't score in the second half, not to concede another one. Because we got two goals exactly. down. It's not that it's irreversible, but we've got to we put ourselves behind the eight ball. And um, I'm sure Slab had some words with them. The big thing was we weren't, we really weren't pushing high enough. Tom Kearney wasn't getting enough of the ball. He wasn't making runs from deep. Um, we really weren't stretching the play out. Steph Joe looked a little bit lost. And um, we weren't just we weren't asking enough questions of them. And in the second half, we did. We had a lot of corners. Um, we had to create a few chances, a lot more possession. Passing was a little bit crisper. We were moving the ball quicker. Um, but first half, I thought Derby at halftime were full value for the lead. Okay. Yeah, so I want to ask you this uh, as we go through this. Uh, it was pretty obvious that they weren't going to press us full. They were going to meet us halfway. And once uh, we entered their half, then they would press us. So it was, I guess you could say, a half press, right? What could we have done better that we did not do in the first half? We obviously did better in the second half. How should we have combated what they were doing there? I'm curious your thoughts on that. I think we needed, it was two things. I, thought, I felt we needed to move the ball a bit quicker. Um, and we didn't do a good enough job of that first half. We improved second half. And we really needed to get the fullbacks doing a better job in terms of overlapping runs. We've got pace with Target and Fredericks. It's not to say we don't. I want to see us go out there, you know, go out the their fullback areas and cause problems and stretch them. And that's where I think we're going to get joy on Monday because the dimensions of the cottage are a little different. Um, and it suits. We play very, very well at home. We're, we're comfortable and we're going to have the, obviously the opportunity in terms of the way we want the grass as well. Don't forget that, um, you know, and Derby, can't, Derby players can't be surprised by this. The pitch will probably be very wet on Monday night because it's going to be nice and watered and uh, allowing us for, to play our, our slick, uh, slick footy. I think in the second half, we did a better job in terms of that movement and the quicker yep. passing. But first half, I thought we were plodding a lot. And because of the way that they dropped deep in numbers and in, t- in terms of discipline, it was making it, pretty easy for them to mop up. And to, but to be fair, I thought they were very effective in terms of uh, stopping everything that we threw at them. Okay, very good. Max, your view of the uh, first half. Yeah, I think the main thing for me was the goal was, I think, the best opportunity of the half. And that kind of says a lot. And there were few 
clear-cut opportunities in that entire 45 minutes. So it shows that they were the more clinical. And my main problem with the goal is just that Fredericks and uh, the winger on, on the right side, which I guess was Aite. He had all kinds of space. So much space. And when you give players of quality, like Forsyth, that much space, they're going to put in a great delivery. And, and it was, it was a wonderful delivery. You have to give credit to Forsyth and, of course, Jerome there. And Jerome, I mean, I think we've talked a lot about Jerome in, in past months. You know, he was yep. uh, reportedly target of Fulham. And a lot of people derided him. Um, saying we don't need a player like that. But listen, he, he's shown his qualities in an immense way in the past couple of weeks. And that header is top class. The way he positions himself over Matt Target, I think he deserves a lot of praise. Um, and in addition, Matt Target, that's the second time in two matches he's been beaten out by, by a header like that far post with those crosses. Yeah. And I think we have to say, I mean, before the match, I said he was my key player. And of course, we're not going to point fingers at him just for the one mistake. Sure. I think he was overall decent, but... You know, in these tight matches and playoff situations, you just you just can't let you can't jump like that. You know, you need to have show a slim bit margins, more Max. slim margin exactly. Um, but overall, I do agree uh, with Giannis's main point that the passing was a bit labored. Carney, in particular, for me, he's just so vital to what we do, and I just thought he was sitting back too deep, and we didn't show that much ambition in trying to move the ball quick, get forward as much as I think we could. Max, I thought we were way too patient. Yeah. I've I've seen that. Uh, I've heard a lot of stuff about that, and I agree. It was almost like we didn't we didn't really expect them to score first, and we thought, listen, we can just wait this one out and get a late goal, which has worked for us honestly. Yeah. In, in, in the past months, we've we've played that possession football. We've been patient, and then we've gotten the first goal, and, and we've gone on to control the match. But I think we should have expected a team like Derby County, who obviously have tremendous players and are defensively resolute. We didn't. It didn't even seem to me that we had that plan B. Um, the first half if we went behind. Luckily, though, as we're going to talk about uh, in a couple of moments, we did show um, good encouragement and good response after the interval. Absolutely, and we'll get into that in just a bit. But, Andy, I want to go back to you. You already talked about the goal, but obviously you must have been happy at the end of the half with your side. So just give me your overall thoughts on your view of the first half. Um, The first half, I thought the first 20 minutes, you were the better team. And uh, I, I, I think it's only really the last, uh, from, well, from the goal onwards to half-time um, that we, you know, really showed any great intent. And uh, at half-time, um, I thought maybe coming out for the second half, uh, we would possibly try and build a little bit on that goal. But uh, we, we, I knew we would we were still in a very difficult match and suspected that, you know, you would come out and throw the kitchen sink at us. But um, I, I think that for the first half of a two-legged affair, um, I, I was satisfied, um, a goal up, playing, in my opinion, since December, the team that's been the best team in the division. And uh, the, the, the but. The Birmingham result to me was just a blip. Yep. And, uh, I, I, you know, when players go in at half time, you think, well, what's the attitude going to be when they come out in the second half? You know, are they going to go in there and think, we're on our way? Um, are they going to relax a little when they come back out again and that? But, but obviously, uh, Rowett, uh, 
he, he gave the talk and uh, must have stressed the importance of the job that still lies ahead of them. Right. Okay, very good there, my friend. All right, let's now move to the second half. And for Fulham, it was a definitely a much better second half. And uh, as I'm about to talk about some moments in the second half, it's going to basically back that to a T here. So let's start with uh, an opportunity from uh, Ryan Session in the 51st minute. That's followed up two minutes later. One of the best opportunities for Fulham in the second half was uh, Kevin McDonald hitting the crossbar. This was unfortunate inches. And that's what the second half was for me, inches from getting a goal. Just one minute later, you have Floyd Aite just going wide. And then in the 55th minute, and let's stop here, guys, because I want to get one of you to uh, talk about this situation from Floyd Aite. And um, I know he wouldn't be in this situation, but if I put Mitrovic instead of Aite, Mitrovic scores. I truly believe that. And I've seen too much of this from Floyd Aite. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Max, but I look at this situation. I want to get your thoughts. You've already mentioned it a little bit. He has to score here. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see what you're saying. Uh, from from my opinion, I think that's true. It, it's the chance is very close to the goal. Um, he's unmarked. He's a free shot. At the same time, if you look how far back Johansson played that ball from, that's from the that's from the halfway line. I know it's hard. I know it's a, it's a very tough technique. I mean, I almost liken it to you know Robin mm-hmm. Van Persie's famous goal. Uh, with the pass from Wayne Rooney uh, that clinched on the title back in 2013. It's almost that difficult technique to take the ball overhead and volley it first time. I think he definitely should have kept it down. There's no doubt about that. And it's it's a big chance missed. But to be fair, we had many chances in that second half. Kearney, uh, just a couple minutes later, had a really nice shot that was saved. He had one in the closing minutes that just curled wide. We had chances. I don't think this is necessarily what he can point fingers at Florida Aite for. Um, I just do think that for me, it showed he was getting in a good position, and he also should have done better. I think those two things uh, probably can coexist in the situation. Okay, and like I said, maybe I'm being too harsh because I, I saw it, and I, and I know it's a difficult opportunity, but I, I could never do that. And I just thought, you know, I thought, okay, well, Mitrovic would have scored on that because I've seen him do something similar. But maybe I'm putting too much on uh, Floyd Aite in that situation. And, Max, you just brought up a couple of opportunities from Tom Kearney. You have the shot in the 64th minute. That was saved by Carson, a decent opportunity. And then much later on in the 87th minute, you have the shot by Kearney that just goes wide. Again, it's inches. We've had these opportunities. But guys, now I want to go and I want to talk about something that I think we need to talk about because it it happened, I think, around the 74th or 75th minute, we started seeing these corners. And Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on the corner situation, these short corners. I think we had three back-to-back-to-back, and they were all the same. And I don't mind doing the short corners. The issue I have is that when they're defended well, why do you keep doing the short corners? I want to get your view on this because it was bothering me that they kept going for the short corners when the Derby County players were right there. My mom was actually watching the game last night, and uh, she, after the game, I, I, she raised the point. I said, why do we always get these short corners and we keep doing it the same way? And I said, well, one of the things you want to do is you want to try and stretch them. Sure. And I think that's the object of the short corners. They've not really been working. Um, no, they haven't. Not to, no, and, and it's because we're, we're not doing a good job of, in terms of creating combinations around the box. And that's, mm-hmm. if you're going to start thumping aerial balls in the box, Darby are going to have a laugh. 
but you're gonna you got to, you got to work the balls to feet. You got to try and find pockets. You got to try the one twos. You know, it's got to be it's got to be subtle. You're not gonna you're not gonna break down the barn door with with the the way they defend. But Slavas told them that's what he wants, and um, and that's what he's gonna get. Um, so it's. A little frustrating, if only because you know what I, I like the the notion of varying it up a little bit. Yeah, that's my um, point. Just just mix it up. That's all I'm saying. Mix it up. But Slava, I think, has told them, no, I don't want them. I want I want short corners. That's what I want. This is what we okay. work on training ground. This is what we're going to have. And um, I suppose uh, they, they drink the Kool Aid, but um, it didn't help us last night. No, it didn't. Max, your view quickly on this. I think the most frustrating thing was. If we all remember back to March 3rd, how do we score a first goal against Derby County? From a direct corner. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, it, 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 was, it was a bit baffling. I think everyone just got really frustrated and so did I because it was, almost, it was corner after corner. Yep. And we saw how the exact same pattern would go out. We play it short, uh, right? We play it back up the line, and we play a ball centrally to either it was Target or, or uh, Johansson sometimes. This wasn't working, Max. And there'd be no angle for the cross. Exactly, they chip in a little shite ball. It'd be cleared easily, and they almost had a chance on the counter. So, I mean, I, I, I get it. We're not the most physically imposing team. We're not going to win every single. We're not going to be a, a danger from set piece the whole match. But I just think you have to have that awareness to say, well, this isn't working. Let's just try a plan B once. Just have some flexibility. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. <laughs> exactly, I agree. Um, because as I mentioned at the beginning. We, we, did, we have scored against Derby from direct corner before. Uh, that was Mitch Ridge's first goal back in our last meeting at Pride Park. So it's not a completely out of the question that we should have swung in a ball. So th- that was definitely one of the more frustrating parts of the second half. Okay, excellent there, Max. All right. And then I just want to mention uh, a little further in, you have the 89th minute, you have the header from Mitrovic that goes over. And uh, I do have to mention that. Curtis Davison and the defense of Derby County did an excellent job on uh, Alexander Mitrovic, really frustrated him. And uh, I didn't think it was going to be possible. I, I guess, you know, again, full credit because uh, he's a dangerous player. And if you can do a job on him, that hurts Fulham. And they did. And uh, that's why uh, I think Fulham struggled a little bit was uh, what was going on with um, Alexander Mitrovic. And that has to do with Derby County. All right, Andy. I'm going to start with you. Just your overall view of the second half because the match ends 1-0. Oh, well, basically the second half was yourselves. Um, putting on the pressure. Us defending heavily. But uh, it was that back line. I think Richard Keogh and Craig Sife also uh, played very well on that back line. And also Andre Wisdom coming back to health as well. Uh, we had one or two counters that uh, final ball letting us down and we won't be able to capitalise and uh, put uh, your defence under enough pressure um, that was basically the story of the second half, Fulham, it was Fulham but I, I think as we got into the uh, closing stages of the match what you desperately needed was a plan B or a different kind of press up front um, I know, I know. Piazon came on for uh, your the pilots took a bit of stick, um, <laughs> and uh, like I am here now, forget forget his name. But um, 
maybe the uh, Kamara would have added something a little bit different. I don't know. The short, as I say, the, the short corner surprised us. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer you, when you play a short corner, it's merely to get a different angle in which to put the ball in. And, you, you know, where you, you'll maybe knock it to the left and uh, a player to the left of, of the uh, who's taking the corner knocks it in or the other way round when you, you've got a corner from the other side. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of short corners. I think it's uh, an excellent opportunity to play a ball in the box and uh, put the defence under some real pressure. But um, as it happens, that's the game plan your, your manager had. Yeah. Now, what I noticed um, more in the second half, in the first half, you had been you, you were forced into a lot of sideways passes and uh, back passes, not so much so in the second half. And I think we could have done with closing you down just a little bit quicker than what we did. Um, you, you had the opportunity where you hit the woodwork and you had another opportunity again, obviously, where Carson pulled off a great save. Yep. And, and, and apart from that, I mean, to be quite honest, both, both of the goalkeepers, apart from two or three times, but they didn't really have a night where they'd be breaking... A lot of sweat in pulling pulling off saves. Um, for all for all the uh, action attack wise, the goalkeepers didn't have a massive amount of work to do, did they? Well, the stats are going to back that up, Andy. When I go through the stats, it's a valid point. Both goalkeepers. Thank you for sharing that, my friend. All right, guys, quickly give me your overall thoughts on the second half. Max, to you first. Yeah, I thought we really started out exactly how I wanted us to start out. There was clearly some choice words said in the, in the dressing room, and Slavisa got his point across and said, listen, we have to attack. We have to be more aggressive. And right off the bat, you know, we went out there and, and, and put pressure on Darby, and I was impressed by the turnaround. And the second half performance is what gives me the most confidence going into Monday because we showed really we can camp outside, um, in their, outside, of their, outside of their 18-yard box and create opportunities but of course, there wasn't that cutting edge, and that's sure. just the one. That's the one takeaway I'm going I'm to say is that we had chances where they're the highest quality chances. No, but I think on another day, perhaps at home, we just got that bit of luck. One of those shots goes in. We got a lucky break, maybe a penalty, maybe a, a derby slip up because you can't, you just can't sit that deep. I think for another ninety minutes and not concede, especially in the way we score with the second top scorers in the yeah. division. There's going to be a goal somehow. And that's why I think the second half is going to give me hope for Monday. It does to me as well. And uh, I want to give credit to the uh, Fulmish podcast because they tweeted this out. And uh, I'm going by what they tweeted out that reportedly Fulm uh, have not been shut out at home since October. And that is extremely encouraging. And this would be being shut out twice. I, I find that a difficult feat for Derby County to pull off. We'll see. But uh, to Andy's point, he brings up something very uh, interesting is that both goalkeepers didn't have much to do. So Fulham were not clinical enough. They didn't put enough pressure on Scar Carson and they're going to have to at Craven Cottage. That's actually, I'm glad that Andy brought that up. Giannis, over to you, your overall view of the second half. It was much better than the first, um, you know, and Slava, uh, well, it would have said a couple of things on half time, 
but but whatever he said did the trick. I mean, uh, in games like this where you're playing a team that's playing well, you better your best players have to be your best players, and then a better player started coming into the into the game. Um, we had chances, we had corners, we couldn't break them down, and you got to give Derby enormous credit. Um, but um, it's one goal. It's one goal in 90 minutes, and uh, the venue changes, obviously. I know for a lot of the Fulham fans, it was a struggle to get up to Pride Park last night with uh, those dreaded M1 construction, all that nonsense. Um, And I know that um, the fans are very excited about Monday night. Derby will bring their following and be noisy too. But uh, I think the big thing for me is that we showed some more attacking intent, A. And B, we didn't concede a goal because a second goal would have really put us in trouble. But it's just one goal, and we're a very good side at home. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm confident we're going to turn. It's not going to be easy, but I'm no, confident that we'll go down. We'll, we'll, we'll end up being fine. Okay, and uh, I just want to say this, guys, is that I'm very encouraged by what I saw in the second half. And uh, was it clinical enough? Obviously not. We didn't score a goal. Did we put enough pressure on Scott Carson? No. But it certainly was much better, and it showed that uh, we can – dominate a half and uh there's still a half of of a tie to go and uh 90 minutes is a long 90 plus minutes is a long time so i'm encouraged by what i saw and that gives me a good feeling going into uh the match at craven cottage because i know that we can do better and i know we can be more clinical and uh it is rare this season to be shut out that's why i'm not expecting it when we move to craven cottage All right, guys, quickly, I will share with you the full-time stats. They're interesting, so I want to get your thoughts on them. Let's start with possession. This shouldn't be a surprise. Fulham led the possession 74% to 26%. This is a stat that actually surprised me. I didn't realize it was this high. Total shots, 13-3 to in favor of Fulham. This is another glaring stat on target. This goes to Andy's point. 2-1 to in favor of Fulham. Only three shots on target between the two teams. Corners. 8-2 8-2 to two in favor of Fulham. Crosses, 14-11 in favor of Derby County. Tackles, 25-11 to 11 in favor of Derby County. Attempted passes. This one is, is glaring. 783 to 269. Attacking passes, 419 to 107. Passing accuracy, which is a pretty big stat for Fulham, 89%. So they were accurate. And for Derby County, they were at 67%. Aerial duels were in favor of Derby County, 9-8 in fouls. 15 to 5 in favor of Derby County. Andy, I'll go to you first. Your thoughts on the overall stats. What did they tell you? Uh, they don't surprise me. Um, what I, I, I think what it's, it's backed up what I said about our final ball, um, not, not reaching the man with our passing accuracy being down there. Um, there, was, there was quite a, a few instances, especially in the first half, where you were making a lot of passes inside your own half, you know, when we were closing you down. Um, see, to me, stats don't always tell the full story, although sure. you, you were the better side possession-wise. You had uh, you played the better passing game and that, but quite often, you know, when uh, there's no spaces, a ball will go from one player to another and back to the same player. Um, it's Passes that are in a sequence of an attacking move are the ones that uh, I, I wish there's some way that they could be highlighted, you know, or or 
take out um, sideways and backwards passes. Uh, that will give you a true reflection. But again, you, you're still going to be well ahead in the statistics when you read that. But um, it, it's not all about... It, 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 it proves the point as well. It's not all about statistics winning you the game. It's the effective statistics. It's what sure. you're doing with it when you got it. I mean, uh, I can go back uh, a couple of seasons. Um, you know, when, when Paul Clement was at Derby, we, we dominated teams with passes, but we'd take 20 passes to cross the halfway line. Um it's, it's it's quality over quantity, isn't it? At the end yep. of the day, absolutely. And and it, it's been able to make use of the forward ball. We we were wasteful on that counter attack, very very wasteful. And it, it was it was a two or three times I can recall where that final ball was hit the wrong side, or it wasn't powerful enough, or there was too much power in it, uh, and but. That, that that was telling because the end result was uh, Fulham got the ball back. <laughs> right, right. No, good good point, Andy. And to what you said about Derby County, that makes sense. And to the Fulham perspective, not clinical enough, and that shows in the stats. Uh, quickly, Giannis and Max, Giannis, I'll go to you first. Uh, full-time stats, what do they tell you? Uh, well, if you looked at every single stat there, you would point to the fact that we'd have won, but it's, it's the final score that counts. Um, right. You know, that's yeah. Whether we like to say it or not, they got the goal, we didn't. Um, I think if we can we um if we can repeat the same sort of stats but have a little bit more penetration uh, those stats will mean something because they'll convert into chances and convert into cut to goals. But last night, you know, at uh, credit to Derby, they did what they needed to do and uh, unfortunately for all that possession we couldn't score any, any goals. Absolutely, Yanis. Max, quickly to you, full-time stats, what do they tell you? Yeah, the, the bright point from these full-match uh, full stats is, you know, it's not a one-off affair. If this had been the cup final, these stats would have been immensely frustrating and really tough to look at. But the good thing is, there's another 90 minutes to play. And if these stats continue in another 90 minutes, if we make almost triple the amount of passes that Darby does, uh, shoot far more than they do, and have the most possession, the law of averages... And really, the way we've played all season, the way football goes, conventional logic says that we should at least get a goal and we should at least win um, the match, which is all we need to do. So these do provide me a little bit of, of, of solace because it's not over and we, we did dominate this match. It's going to be another opportunity for us at home, which perhaps will be even more dominant in. And like I say, you just have to suppose a goal has to go through based on these statistics. Okay, excellent there, Max. Okay, guys, now I'm going to give you the ratings from Ryan O'Donovan from London, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're just going to go through them all together, but I'm going to break it up between Giannis and Max just so we can quickly go through it, just for time reasons, because we're going to be previewing the upcoming match. And, uh, Max, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to give you Marcus Bettinelli. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a six. Ryan Fredericks, he gives him a five. Tim Ream, he gives him a six. Odoi is given a five, and Target is given a five. Okay, those ratings for the goalkeeper and the defense. Do you agree or disagree with us? I, I think those are probably made right in the heat of the moment, immediately after the match. And I'm going to say those are quite harsh for me. 
I think defense, so. The defense is not the reason we lost this match. No. Maybe the sole exception of, of Matt Target's big mistake. I think sack five was very solid. I mean, we, we restricted him to three, three shots totally. One shot on target. That is not a, that's not a disappointing performance for me. I'm, I'm going to single out uh, Bettinelli and Adoy as two players who I think are hard done by here. I thought Bettinelli, I mean, he didn't have anything to do the whole match, let's be honest. He didn't make a save, but he, he only had one shot that was on target. But what I do like about what he did was, as Andy mentioned earlier on, in that second half when we were pressing, he almost took on a bit of a Manuel Neuer type of persona. He's almost at <laughs> a halfway line. And I don't know if you guys remember, but that one long ball that was hoofed over when I thought the camera angle didn't show him, and I thought, oh, no, it looks like he might be caught out here. He took a brilliant first touch right out of the air and played it right to a joy, and we started our attack almost uh, right just inside our own half. So that was particularly impressive for me from Ben Nelly. And Adore, I think, to give him that low of a rating is also surprising, considering the two brilliant match-saving challenges he made yep. in the closing moments. If he doesn't get a touch on those two crosses, that's a two- or three-goal um, deficit we're facing going to the second leg, sure. which would have been possibly tie-over. So I'm going to give him a high rating as well as Ben Nelly. Um, and overall, I really don't think the defense was the main reason we, lo- we lost this match. Okay. Giannis, over to you. I will give you the rest. Ryan O'Donovan from Football.London gives McDonald a 6, Johansson a 4, Kearney a 5, Sessignon a 3, Aite a 4, and then he gives Mitrovic a 5. Just for time's sake, we're not going to go through the uh, substitutes. Your thoughts on those ratings from Ryan O'Donovan? Oh, no, I think I, I should play for Ipswich myself. Um, <laughs> I am... Um... Steph Joe didn't have his best game. He wasn't. He, he didn't. And you know, he's had a couple of those recently. And Sess wasn't at his most effective. I don't think he sort of he got the ball enough. But I think these are harsh because you know you thought we lost seven nothing. Um, I think of all the players that you talked about, the one player that might now is going to be the question mark in terms of the selection for tomorrow night is funnily enough Ryan Fredericks. As much as I love this player. Yep. Um, you know, it, it just, it's not, I'm wondering if there might just be a change Monday night there. Maybe. I mean, I'm reluctant to make changes, as you know. I know. But, you know, I did get up and review the game earlier this morning, and, and um, Fredericks is struggling right now. And I, I, yes. I'm wondering if it might be, yeah, is it time to bring Cyrus Christie in? Maybe. And, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But uh, I don't, the, the figures overall, are, I think, are just, you know, the greatest respect, I think it's, you know, it's just after the game and the emotions are high and what have you. And then, you know, the day after when you have time to reflect, you realise that maybe um, they could be slightly adjusted. You thought we just got thumped royally up at Pride Park and we didn't. Yeah, I'm there with you. I, I thought they were low and I understand in the heat of the moment when Ryan wrote that, but I'm curious if he would uh, revisit that if uh, he did it today because uh, I think those ratings were just low, too low in many cases. Um, maybe they were on and, and with some players, but I think other players he was uh, a little low. And just for time reasons, we really can't get into it too much. Andy, over to you. I was going to have you go through your ratings, but just for time's sake, could you just give me your man of the match for Derby County and then also give me a rating from 1 to 10 on Gary Rowett? Uh, I think without doubt our man of the match was Kurt, Curtis Davis. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. Captain, led by example, dominant. 
um, didn't put a foot wrong all night. Um, you could have honourable mentions also. Uh, I thought Richard Keogh, Andre Wisdom were very effective. And also Tom Huddleston was as well, because he had to go back and do some defensive work. But Curtis Davis, for me, stood, you know, head and shoulders above uh, every other player on the pitch. You, your ratings are very hard. There's nobody in that match last night deserved less than a five. You know, it, it, the ratings you gave out, you, you, it would read like you, you, you'd just been beaten 5 nil or something. Yeah. But uh, Gary Rowett, Eight and a half. Um, I, I okay. think uh, he got the defence organised very well. Um, I think his tactics were spot on. He had a team that was adaptable to uh, moving around um, different formation if needed. And uh, at the start of the game, I questioned Vyman playing at left wing back. Because, uh, in, in my opinion, you need, you need a more defensive player. But it, it, it proved right because um, he, he did a, a, quite a good job against uh, Ryan Frederick. So, yeah, I think eight and a half would be what I'd score Gary Rowett. Okay, excellent there. Giannis, over to you. Rating for Slavisa. Um, six and a half. I think... Um... I wouldn't have played Aite. Yes, I'm a venerable played Aite boo boy. I get it. Um, <laughs> but um, I like to have seen, you know, we've got this this tendency to get off to slow starts. Yes. And then we've done it again. Like, I mean, over and over again, yeah. This, this is a common occurrence. It is. And the first, the, you know, the first little bit, we're okay. And then we settle back in our, you know, the old tortoise shell. Um, I think I'm giving a lower rating to Slava, not because he brought Piazon on, but I really would have loved to see Boo Boo come on and just just go at them. I think that Boo Boo gives their defensive line a, a different look. He's just a battering ram, but he's got pace as well. And we've got players like Cabano, who, who I thought played well after he came on, that gave gave them some problems. Now, He's obviously a loyal guy, and I, and I love him to death for that. Slavisa, but he's he's going to have a, some difficult decisions to make, and he's going to have to he's going to have to get it right. And um, the other thing he might have to look at and is Steph Joe. Steph Joe's just gone off the boil for some yeah. reason, um, but he was out coach last night. I, I actually slightly disagree with Andy. I'd give uh, I'd give uh, Roa a nine. I thought his, his, his tactics... Gary was... Rowett did an excellent job, Giannis. I he, totally agree with you. Yeah, he, he, he got his lineup right. He got the formation right. Totally got it right. Yeah, he got it right. And uh, I think the only thing that went wrong for him is the fact that he probably would love the luxury, luxury of going south. That's right. I think that's, that's what he's, I think that's what, what he is kicking himself. I could just tell when I watched his uh, interview that he knows that this was a missed opportunity. Obviously, he's happy with the performance and the lead, but he's probably in the back of his mind thinking, oh, well, one goal. It's just one goal. We, we needed more. So that's a good point by yeah. you, Giannis, because that's what I got out of the interview. If I'm reading between the lines, I'm thinking, he wanted that second goal. Of course he'd want that second goal. Andy said that himself, you know, that you know you want a little bit more of a cushion than that one goal. 
Yeah. Very good point there, my friend. Max, your rating. I'd say six, six and a half is probably the range I'd go for. I, I don't think we can have too many complaints with the starting 11, but one thing you guys mentioned, which I certainly agree with, is Kamara. He should have come on, I think, for sure. Well, I'm going to talk about him when we t- preview the upcoming match. Yeah, for sure, because that's, that's going to be an interesting discussion. Yes. As, as it has been all season, that right-wing debate is... Well, we have to talk right about that, definitely. <laughs> and exactly. And one thing, just a bit of a preview, I don't know if we're going to touch on this in a moment, but Ryan Sessegnon, we haven't mentioned him at all today. Yes, we reason. haven't. For good reason, because I'll be honest, I'm never going to go out there and slate Ryan Sessegnon. He's my favorite Fulham player. He's 17 years old, for God's sake. Yeah. But it's catching up to him, and I don't know if maybe is do you drop him from the starting lineup? I think we'll see, but I think for a player of his age, do you still are, he's still our leading goal scorer. It's still a fantastic season. He's still a player of the season, let's not forget, in the whole of the division. But to, you can't play 47, 48 matches in a season at that age and be that effective. It's I don't know if coming off the bench going to be the, a, better, um, a better bet, as we saw him do against Norwich City, to great effect. It's a good point, but uh, I also want to give full credit to Andre Wisdom, who I think did a very good job oh, on him. Super, uh, super. You know, he really did. He he did. He nullified him, and then Fredericks was the fullbacks nullified, or I should say, because they were playing the uh, the back three, that they just took care of uh, the wingbacks, and the back three took care of our our wide people. So, all right, guys, it's now time to. Talk about the second leg at Craven Cottage. We're going to do about a 10 to 15 minute preview on this. And uh, let's start off with key players for this upcoming match. And Andy, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a key player for Derby County is Curtis Davis. That's what I'm going to say. How about you for key players for the second leg? Uh, Absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, Curtis Davis. Richard Keogh and Craig Forsyth on that back three are going to be very key. And, of course, wing-back positions, which I expect Andre Wisdom to stay on the right. Left, you may see a change on the left. I'm going to predict that uh, Ikechi Anya will start at left wing-back. Andreas Feynman will be moved more centrally. And Matty Vidra will start on the bench. There okay. you go. I'm calling that. <laughs> okay, very good. All right. Giannis, over to you. Key players for Fulham in the second leg. Billy the Badger. Um, <laughs> I, for Fulham, um, Tom Kearney. Tom Kearney. He's, he's, he's got to project. He's got to. He's, he, I thought he played better in the second half because he was pushing up more and being a lot more creative. And that's where he needs to be. He can't be in his own half. He has to be really on or about the final third of the pitch to have some effect. We didn't have many set pieces. No. Last, uh, yes, last night. And this is he really, This is where the captain has to take over. Well, he's captain in label. I don't think he's really the captain. To me, it's K-Mac. But he's I got totally agree. Yeah, he's, he's got to be a leader now. He's got to step up. Um, it, it makes for a fascinating game on Monday night because Derby have the comfort of the goal lead, but the discomfort of the goal lead. We're uncomfortable because we're goal down, but we're comfortable because we're only goal down. And you're going to have um, it should be an absolutely fantastic atmosphere, and um, it's going to be it, you play 46 games for the chance to be in a position like that, and that's where our our often deluded fans need to really smell the coffee. And again, 
as I've said before, we were 17th not too long ago, lost to Sunderland, and just look all at sea, and now look where we are, and we've got a chance of, we're a game away from Wembley, and uh, we've not been there for 43 years, as we all need reminding, and um, we've got every opportunity going for us. We've got the home crowd, we've got the home pitch, we've only, only a goal down, we've got 90 minutes to get it, and it's going to be an exciting game for both sets of fans. Lots of nerves and lots of uh, um, lots of biting of nails. But for me, TC has to show up tomorrow. And if he doesn't, uh, I think it's going to be it. Uh, if he doesn't, then someone else is going to have to become the hero. Yep. Over to you, Max. Key player for you, or players for you? I'm going to say Abubakar Kamara. I'm going to make <laughs> a big shout and say he's going to wow. start me off. I think Slavisa is going to recognize this type of match is crying out for a player like him. And we've seen him come in and make an impact, and I think he deserves it's, – it's a big call to make. I think there's no doubt about it, to shake it up in that kind of way. He hasn't started a match in a very long time. I can't even remember the last time he was out there yep. from the off. But I think that's what it requires. In a match that you know Kevin McDonald has tipped you know, the, most, the most important game of our lives, you need someone out there who's going to fight tooth and nail for the team in an attacking position that's going to offer you that directness, that pace, that power. Pace and power, my friend. Pace, pace and power. power. And he can give any defender a tour of time um, on his best day. Yep. So I will definitely look out for that on Monday night. Okay, excellent. All right, let's now go to strategy for both teams. Andy, I'm going to start with you. What do you think will be Gary Rowett's strategy? Will, will he play it the exact same way at Craven Cottage? I don't think he'll play exactly the same way because I I don't think he'll want to be that predictable. Um, I don't think um, he'll pull us back so deep. See, what he'll be hoping is that you're going going for it from the off to get that early goal, which could leave you you're vulnerable from the counter-attack. And to me, the early goal on Monday is going to be key. If Fulham get it, you know... Uh, they're going to be favourites to make progress. But if, if Derby gets an early goal, it's going to put the pressure on Fulham. Sure. And uh, I, I think it will be a similar setup. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking with, uh, if he makes that change on the, on the left side, brings in Anya, which will bring in a little bit more pace and uh, a, a, a bit more of an attacking threat. Because Vyman is not naturally a wide player, right? He can then, they can then use Vyman in a, in a more central role with with Tom Lawrence uh, behind Cameron Jerome. Um, it, it, there'll be a tweak, not massively different, but possibly a tweak to offer a little bit more threat going forward. Because on Friday night, uh, Vidras he had no service. Uh, he, 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 he was. He was virtually anonymous on the field. I was going to say, I don't remember seeing him that much, Andy. No, um, it, it, he's quite pedestrian. He he was sort of cancelled out of the game, and uh, for, for me on Monday, uh, he, he doesn't start, okay. and uh, he, he'll come on after about sixty minutes to hopefully run against tired legs. But that's the way I see it, anyway. Okay, excellent, Giannis. Over to you. What would be your strategy against Derby County here? I'd be I'd be patient. I'd be patient. Uh, I wouldn't come out at 150 miles an hour simply because that's what they're going to expect. 
Um, I just come out and try and play the normal style. Try. I'm, I'm assuming that the pitch will be pretty wet, so we'll just get, look to pass the ball quickly, look to move the ball quickly. But that doesn't mean lumping balls in the box. Try to stretch them out first 10, 15 minutes while being patient doing it. Um, a lot's going to depend on our lineup, to be honest. And okay. I'm, I've got to be honest, I've been second-guessing, five-guessing it since the end of the game in terms of what <laughs> well, I've We're going to prove that in just a second. But uh, I'd be patient. Okay. And that's interesting because, again, I go back to this interview with uh, Gary Rowan. He talked about Fulham, and uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he talked about the mental and physical drain that it has on you and that they wear you down. They want to wear you down. And that's why Fulham tend to be really good in the second half because of what they do to the opposition. So I understand where you're going on the uh, being patient, Giannis, because that goes to what Derby County might be expecting from Fulham, to go at them, go full board, and then they can counter. Maybe if you're patient in the beginning stages and you still get the goal, then game on. That's, that's an interesting strategy. Max, do you agree with Giannis or do you disagree? Uh, it, it's a tough one. The main thing for me is the, the longer it takes for us to score, the longer the pressure builds. I just don't want them to be too patient. Exactly. We, we want to get a goal quickly because the longer it stays nil-nil, the longer we're getting hurried and then, and then we're becoming too stretched and then we're almost overcommitting. And I'll be honest, we don't really know how to play that way because in, in these past five, four or five months, we've only really gone behind on a very few select occasions. And we don't really react well to that. With the exception of the Sunderland match, you could say, and the, and the Barnsley match, I guess. Those are the two ones I could think of that we've come back to win in this kind of spell. Um, we, we don't really react well when we're chasing uh, and, and down a goal. So I think if we set the tone early on and get an early goal, which I think is vital, then we can relax and play the way we know and we love how to play. Okay. But I'm concerned with what Andy said. If we go too much for it, then we are susceptible to the counter. So there's got to be a little bit of a balance. I understand where Giannis is coming from, being patient. I see what you're saying, that you can't be, I guess you could say, too patient. I agree with you. I think there's got to be that balance that you're trying to get that goal but not go too crazy, whereas you leave yourself open. Does that make sense, Max? Oh, exactly. There definitely needs to be a balance. We can't go gung-ho. Right. That's my point. I don't think they should go gung-ho. I think that they need to be a little patient, like uh, Giannis is saying, but also have the wherewithal, that the urgency to get the goal. You can balance it. You just can't go too crazy with it, and then you can leave yourself open, which we don't want to see. Yeah. All right, guys, let's now go to starting 11. Andy, quickly, I will go to you. You're starting 11. I know that you're going to go with Anya. I think you've already highlighted that. So give me your starting 11 quickly here. Uh, Carson in goal, then uh, back three. Of Keo, Davis, and Forsyth, uh, the uh, two two holding midfielders, uh, Bradley Johnson and Tom Huddleston. Wing backs: Andre Wisdom on the right, Akechianya on the left, and then you've got Andreas Feynman and Tom Lawrence playing behind Cameron Jerome. That's what I think will be our lineup, and that's that's what I would pick as well. Okay, very good. All right. Giannis, over to you. Here's your chance. Starting 11. I'm going to say it right now. I want to see Abubakar Kamara in the starting 11. That's just my feeling. Your thoughts? Boo-boo. Boo-boo. You got some of boo-boo. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Uh, bets in that, obviously. 
Cyrus Christie at right back. Wow, here we go. Yeah, uh, target left back. Um, Riemann Callas in the middle. Wow, I was thinking you were going to go there. Okay. Yeah, mid middle. Um, I'm going to go Norwood, McDonald, and Kearney. I knew you were going to do that too. <laughs> Steph Joe's going to have to make way. Okay. And up front, it'll be Sess on the left, Boo Boo on the right, Mitra in the middle. Very interesting. You're making a lot of changes, but I understand. Yeah, I, think, I understand yeah. you're thinking, though, Giannis, because you're, you're changing things up, but you are bringing in players that can do the job. Yeah, I think um, the only one I'm a little hesitant on actually is Steph Joe, but he's not played. He's not played very well. I don't think Fredericks right. has played well for a while. And I think Boo Boo, you know, he's like a big bear, and yep. he's gonna, he's gonna, he's a monster. He doesn't right. care, and he's yeah. absolutely chomping at the bit. So it should be if they do go with that, it'll be fun to watch. If nothing else, okay, excellent. Max, over to you. Starting eleven quickly. We're gonna wrap Ooh. this up. Soon. Yeah, I mean that. that yeah, I mean I, I consider myself a pretty pretty big change in being Kamara, but that that's a complete shakeup. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go that radical, but honestly, I, I do like the sound of that. Part of me wants to see uh, Slavisa shake it up in that manner. But honestly, I'm, I'm going to restrain myself. I'm going to say same lineup. Let's start at Darby with the exception of instead of Aite, Abubakar Kamara. Okay. I still think that's our strongest lineup. I want to see Kamara. Yeah, I want to see think, Kamara from the off. I, want, I think Kamara will give Rawit something different that he's expecting. And I think they need to do that. I think they need to shake things up. It's funny because uh, I was watching a YouTube video by Benjamin Bloom from the Boom Monday podcast. As a neutral, he looked at the match, and I would highly recommend you checking out Ben. I, I, someone that I respect a great deal. He was talking about that he thought that maybe Savisa should consider Abubakar Kamara to give uh, Rowett something different, and I actually agree with Ben on that. So I just wanted to mention that. All right, let's go to predictions. I have to go to Andy first. Give me a prediction, Andy. I'm I'm assuming you have to predict a a win for your team here. I'm assuming. Uh, not on the night. Um, okay. I'll say for definite, both teams will score. Okay. It's uh, it's who scores first that will dictate how the game goes. Uh, I'm going to predict one all on Monday night. Okay. Very good. There. All right, Max. Over to you. Your prediction. I see a simple 2-0. I see us grinding it out and just getting the job done by that single goal. I think our home form will prove too much. We haven't lost at home since Halloween against Bristol City. I think that will continue, and I think we will get the win. Okay. Mr. Janaeus, your prediction? 3-1 to us. I think Derby will score Monday night. They do have – I mean, you know, Andy's going through that lineup, and you just go, they really do have quality in every area. Um. But I just I think I think if he throws the wolves at it, no pun intended there, Andy. But if um, if he throws the wolves, <laughs> at it, um, you know I, I just Boo Boo's Boo Boo's Boo Boo's a monster. I mean, just he's <laughs> that's the only way I'm going to describe him. And I think if Boo Boo starts, I think the thing about putting Boo Boo to start is it's going to really excite the crowd too. I think absolutely that's something you can't. They'll see, oh yeah, Boo Boo's out there, right? Now, now we've got a war going on, and so this it could it'll be a lot of fun. If there might be some groans, if you know, as much as I love Piazza, and there might be some groans, or there might be I don't know, 
eggs thrown on the field if Aite start. Um, and not Easter eggs either. Um, but uh, if Boo Boo starts, I think the fans will get excited. So it's going to be fun. Okay, definitely will. All right. Before I give my prediction, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a prediction from the Fulham supporters. Predictions, I guess you could say. Okay. And um, here are the predictions. Let's go with uh, my poll with Cottage Talk Confidence Poll. Do you think Fulham will beat Derby County Monday night to move on to Wembley? Yes. Was it 69%? No. Was it 31%? That's with 385 votes. So confidence after that is still fairly high, guys. And uh, I definitely agree with that. And my prediction, Giannis, is going to be yours. I'm going to say three to one. And uh, I do respect Derby County a great deal. Have a huge amount of respect. I want to say that, okay? But I just see this as an opportunity for Fulham. And um, I look at, you know, and again, I, I see why people are, upset about what has happened. I, I get that. They're, they're upset about what happened in the first match. But um, people seem to forget, you know, we, we could look at the Reading match, we could talk about Fulham not being well in some of these uh, playoff situations. I'm just going to remind people of uh, two matches because to counteract that, if you want to go back in the past, how about Juventus? Can we talk about Juventus being down 3-1? to one? What happened there, okay? And I can also talk about the Hamburg match. They went behind in the Hamburg match during the Europa League run and went to the Europa League final. I'm just saying, if you want to throw at me the issues that Fulham have had in playoffs, I'm going to give you the Europa League run as the counter to that. So I am feeling confident that Fulham can get the victory here and move on. I'm saying three to one. It's not going to be easy, but I just think that, it's our time, and I'm going with it, so I'm saying three to one to full. All right, guys, fantastic show. We do have to wrap this up. Before we go, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed the debate. Um, I'll, I'll, make a, I'll just uh, put an addendum onto my prediction. Okay. It may go, it may go to extra time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right there, my friend. Very good for, for adding that. All right, guys, we do have to wrap this up. For Jan Shanaeus, Max Cohen, and Andy Buckley-Taylor, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things. Like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.